0: Uh, Dunces family. We are back with another episode of the Dunces Podcast. I am here with my compadre, my partner in crime. Not like, well, um, my boy. We Beautiful. Thank you for that. To be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, pretty hefty podcast, probably. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this last video was actually on... They're rivals in the same crypto.com arena. Still crazy that that even exists. Um, but whatever. Um, it'll always be the staple center.
1: It'll all, it'll always be staple center. Yeah, yeah. It'll always
0: be Staples center. Crypto.com is not. Crypto has crashed. I don't even know. Whatever. Thing is, if you didn't see last video, it our did? last episode is uh, the lot. Wow, you're really late on that, by the way. It's been like a month or two. Uh, but the Clippers was our last video. If you want to check that out, it'll be at the end of this video on the little box usually on the bottom right there, right like close to Isandro, it'll be right there. Um, But today, we are back with our little mini-series of the 30 teams that we want to get into. Um, And who knows, you might even revisit this team in the Los Angeles Lakers because there might be some more moves, you know. Uh, They might be willing to move those two first-round picks. But before we get into anything like that, let's discuss this past season. So, Isandro, I don't know if you remember, but this past season was – it was pretty tough uh, for Lakers fans, for the Lakers, for LeBron. I think we all remember. Yeah, it was uh, It was not a good season for L.A. They started last offseason with trading for Russell Westbrook, who had a great season or a great end of the season, I guess you can say, with Washington. Um, but it obviously wasn't really going to work. Out. Well, at least not everybody expected it. I mean, I was on the – other side, I thought that this was going to be a championship-contending team. I thought they were going to be a bit better than the Nets. Like I thought, you know, their um, the signings that they made, bringing in these veteran guys. Um, I really thought that it was going to be good for them, that like, they were going to be okay, like whatever during the regular season. But once the playoffs started, it was going to be great. But we saw they didn't even get close to making the playoffs. They were thirty-seven and forty-five. They did not have their own first-round pick this year. That wasn't the Anthony Davis trade a few years back. So New Orleans actually benefited from it. Who will also be uh, very soon on our uh, podcasting agenda, but uh, they ended up failing as a team. They signed a bunch of these veteran guys and literally none of them are back in, on any NBA roster. Um, it's then fast forward to this season in the off season, they decided to fire Frank Vogel um, their championship winning head coach. Uh, they go after Darvin ham, a solid assistant coach. I believe he's going to be a really good coach in the NBA. Who knows how well he's going to do for this team. I don't, you know, you can't really expect much from a rookie head coach, right? He's been an assistant for years. He won a championship with Milwaukee as an assistant. He won a championship with the Pistons um, back in 04 as a player. So he definitely has some championship pedigree, but who knows what he'll, he'll bring to this team. And you still have Russ. You're still paying Russ $44 million to be average, below average point guard, cannot shoot whatsoever, not even from the free throw line. It's a really tough offseason when you look at it, too, because the players that they got, you know, Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano, Lonnie Walker. Uh, they're OK players. They're young. They're young players. Very Complete different. Like Wait, well, who? Who uh, are they?
1: I didn't even know. Uh, who, who did so, they sign?
0: So they signed Troy Brown Jr. Uh, he was in Chicago last season. Solid player. Thomas Bryant was on Washington. He was actually originally a Laker. Let him go. Went to Washington. Uh, he's good. But he's a solid player. He was injured for the last two years, so we don't really know what to expect from him. But he's a solid center, and we all know AD doesn't want to play center, so Samus Ryan's there. Damian Jones, championship pedigree with the Warriors. Juan Toscano Anderson, another championship pedigree player. And Alani Damian Jones. Damian, Damian Jones, Jones. He's a seven, seven foot one guy. He played for the, for the Warriors like, like two, three years, maybe. Like, I think all four years of the rookie deal. You look him up. You if you see his face, you'll you'll remember who he is. Um, but yeah, JTA, Juan Toscan Anderson, um, gotcha, oh boy. And then Lonnie Walker.
1: That one was good. I like that
0: one. L- Lonnie Walker was he's a twenty three year old you know young guy. He was expected to do a lot in San Antonio. Hasn't really lived up to the hype, but who knows? Maybe playing alongside LeBron, it'll help him. Um, but let's get into the main thing here, kind of like the elephant in the room, I guess you can say. Um. Russell Westbrook what are they what are they doing like if you're the Lakers obviously you want to get off that deal it it was a bad trade to begin with you traded Contavious Caldwell Pope one of the best 3 and D players in the NBA on a favorable contract you traded Kuzma who's thriving in Washington though he's not putting up amazing like oh my god superstar numbers but he's putting up solid starter numbers for a team that you know can be Competing in the Eastern Conference, depending on how good him and Bradley Beal develop as a, as a team, you know he could technically be their second best player, and it might not be a championship team, but could definitely be a really good team in, in the Eastern Conference. So giving him up was also a pretty tough, uh, pretty tough move. Losing montrez Harrell, um, little things like that really affected them, right? And now they have Russell Westbrook, forty four million dollars, a seventy nine overall in two K. I don't know if that means anything, but it is something. Um, what should they do with Russ?
1: Should they? Don't tell, uh, don't tell Jordan.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Shout out Jordan, our original dunce. Uh, what do you think, though? What, what, what do you think the Lakers should, should do? Or what can they do, really?
1: I have a, I have a question. Um, so, for this whole Russell Westbrook thing, right? They made the decisions they did last year. And what happened, happened. I want to know is there any confidence in this front office? Like, who dropped the ball? Was it LeBron or was it the front office? Because somebody must have dropped the ball. Because we've talked about this before, who they had on the table, the options that were available to them. And I don't know if that would have been a championship contending team, but it was definitely, definitely a much better team, even on paper than what they ended up with. And even not on paper, like we saw how it turned out, this this team that they ended up with, they could have had, uh, just to kind of repeat, they could have had, they probably would have still had Malik Monk. He probably still would have balled out, but they probably would have had Buddy Healed. They wouldn't have needed him to ball out. They just need him to space. They would have kept KCP because in that deal for Buddy Healed, they would have kept KCP and gotten rid of Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell, who they still ended up getting rid of anyway, but they ended up losing spacing. For some reason, they thought losing spacing and getting somebody like Russ would be an amazing idea. I don't know why like i guess hindsight is 2020 20, but even at the time like maybe people were optimistic i was optimistic but i'm like in, in like my my greatest projections for this team the ceiling was not high it was like okay they'll be the same and you know maybe they'll they'll coast to the regular season and then they'll they'll you know that was not the case obviously so my question to you is what do you think about this front office
0: i can't be I mad at the front office to be honest. i think a lot of this this is all on Braun. like i think, think so? Braun was was the guy that okayed it and you can't even like fault him as much as as you might think, because no one expected LeBron to be out the majority of the year, right? Like he was hurt, like he wasn't the same player, and even then he was still putting up most numbers since in his Miami days, right? Like he's been, he's been, he balled out with Russ, Anthony Davis. No one expected him to start off the season slow and then just get injured and injured and injured and injured, right? Like we kind of anticipated. But should we have? Like, well, that's that's another thing. It's it's a thing that. Has been consistent for years, right? I mean, the only time he was healthy, they won a championship. They won a championship in, in the bubble, right? And whether people want to say the bubble was a hoax or not, at the end of the day, a championship is a championship. They got it, right? So,
1: so yeah. mm -hmm. But the thing about it too, like he he was healthy, but why was he healthy? The layoff.
0: Right, He weren't playing for months. Whatever that was. Yeah, but even then, right? It's not
1: not a good track record, man.
0: At the end of the day, though, like, he was still healthy and they won, right? So if you look at it from that perspective and then you go into this season, you have an Anthony Davis who was supposed to be, you know, the offense should be ran through him, regardless of LeBron or Russell Westbrook there. Should have always been ran through AD, right? This past season, he was not a good three-point shooter. You need him to be a solid three-point shooter, especially playing alongside Russ, Right? And then Russ needs to delegate the ball to LeBron, but Russ can't do that. He's always had the ball in his hands, even playing with Bradley Beal, and then having those two guys there with Bradley Beal being the ball dominant. We all knew Russell Westbrook was going to have the ball at the end of the day, right? Like it was, it was a thing. it, it, it just you really can't take the balls out the ball out of his hands. But now you have LeBron, so of course you're going to want it in LeBron's hand. The way that Russell Westbrook would have had to transform his game it would have had to have been a complete change drastic change shooting wise he had to, he had to get better shooting right like whether it wasn't going to be a thing or not he had to even if it was bel- like slightly below league average if he would have shot 32 percent from the three right because the league, league average is what 35 36 32 not even 31 30 he was abysmal this this season like like he was horrible like he was not a good three-point shooter mid-range shots they were not efficient. He's not an efficient mid-range shooter. He cannot draw, like, get to the line to get free throws. And when he does, he can't make them, right? So what he needed to do was work on that part of his game and get out of his out of his head and just shoot the ball like how he did back in OKC. Now in OKC, he's putting up great numbers inefficiently, right? Like, it was just so many question marks beside it. But And then you look at the rest of the team that was built around these guys, right? It was a bunch of veterans, three and D shooters. At least that's what they thought. But that's not what happened. It it was a horrible offseason that they had last season. And now it feels like this offseason, it probably was worse. I mean, yeah, they got younger. But what really did they add to this team? Like, they lost Malik Monk. Technically, technically, he was their second best player. I mean, I'm sorry. It wasn't Russ. And it wasn't AD because AD was out the majority of the year. It was Braun and it was Malik Monk. Malik Monk was your best shooter. He was the best player that you wanted outside and, you know, running because he was young and he was ready. But you lose him to the Kings, right? So you go out, you sign Lonnie Walker, who hasn't been a good three-point shooter. He's been very, very up and down throughout his career. Also has a lot of injury histories. Same goes with Thomas Bryant. Same goes with Damian Jones. You sign Juan Toscano, who is actually 30. He's not young, like uh, compared to, you know, young NBA players. He's 30 years old. And then Troy Brown, who is a good defender, but again, streaky shooter. What is he going to give you on this team? So, no, I don't think, I I don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it is the front office. I don't know if it is bronze, but if I had to point the fingers at somebody, it would be bronze. And now they kind of have to, deal with what they have. What can yeah. they do, though? And I, I ask you this. What can they do with the roster
1: that, that's... To fix what they have? What can they
0: do with this?
1: They can't, they can't do much. Like, I think... <clears throat> I think... And people have said this before. This is not, like, an original idea. They're not going anywhere with Russ on this team. So if Russ is still on this team, they're not really contenders unless he's injured. And then we can go back to a LeBron AD duopoly. Um, I think it really depends. They might be able to go for a Kyrie, but if that was on offer or if that was an option, it would have happened already. I well, think the hold up was that. they don't want to give up two picks right?
0: that because now apparently they they might be willing to give up those two first round picks let's say that, let's say they do give up those two first round picks and they and you know the nets they're talking to the nets. If you're the nets, are you accepting that deal? Are you accepting and of course there has to be a third or third team involved to take on Russ's contract. Most likely going to be San Antonio mm-hmm. because they actually have the cap space and then probably be waived and stretched. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work. But and if not them, Indiana, because the Indiana also has the cap space. But if you're the Nets, are you accepting a form, a, a, a version of a trade that lands you with those two first-round picks and potentially even Russell Westbrook? Let's say you have to take him on. You trade Kyrie Irving, possibly Joe Harris for... Because that that technically that's in the deal because of the money, you would get Russell Westbrook, and who was the other player that they? I believe Taylor Horton Tucker. I believe he was the other player that was uh, that might be involved. I don't know how that works, but he might be involved. And then the two first round picks. Are you if you're the Nets? Are you are you making that trade?
1: It really depends on the KD situation because. Everybody in the league, except for KD, ironically, knows that the Nets are contender with those two and the roster that they have around them. Ironically, right? So if okay. KD's still on that team. Begrudgingly, we'll see what happens. There's not a lot of movement that looks like to be happening. Then you keep Kyrie. <clears throat> you only get rid of Kyrie because KD's gone, and now it's like... You're not competing for anything. Ben Zim is great, but you're not competing for anything. So you give up uh, Kyrie. You get those two very valuable first-round picks because, as we've talked about before, the years in which those picks are activated are years that the Lakers are not going to be good. So you know those picks are going to be very valuable. And, you know, maybe some poetic justice, you're going to get two picks that are gonna, probably going to be high lottery and you're yeah. the Nets. When that literally happened to you a couple of years ago, that would feel right, right? Maybe everything would feel right in the world if that happened. But again, I reiterate, you don't pull the trigger if KD is still there. So you mm-hmm. kind of just have to wait and see what the situation looks like.
0: Well, let's let's give let me give you a hypothetical, hypothetical then. KD has gone. KD's traded. This team is built is building around Ben Simmons now. Obviously, we would want Kyrie there because of the spacing. But now Kyrie doesn't want to be there if KD is not there. Are you trading those those players for those picks and for us?
1: Of course, one hundred percent. Like,
0: or what you said, you're right?
1: taking on a bad contract. You're taking on a bad contract. But you're getting valuable assets. Also, Tht we've seen it. It's been tried and true with Lakers players. The Lakers are not a good team when it comes to developing players. It's already. We'll, we'll talk about this at a later time. Yeah, they're not a good team because literally the, the proof. The proof is there, like zo ingram julius Randle i can keep going i'm forgetting people kuzma like they're not good when it comes to having these players and when they go to other teams they they flourish so whether that's you have this guy on your team and he'll flourish with you or you have a valuable asset that can flourish somewhere else the point is you're getting a a lot of good value that you can either use for yourself well we'll see if you're going to use it for yourself or you send it out somewhere else you can be like a like a a poor man's OKC, you know, you're hoarding assets, you're hoarding things that can be really valuable, and you'll have a a pseudo-superstar, all-star-level player on your team. The situation is going to be really similar, and that's not a bad situation to be in.
0: Yeah. um, There's also another another hypothetical trade, and this one hasn't been rumored much. But when it has been, I just love the way that, that it's been presented. So it's a trade that involves the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Lakers. It's Russell Westbrook. Just at first, the, the 2027 first-round pick, a couple seconds maybe, depending on how much they have, for Mike Conley and Patrick Beverly. Not even Boyan, just Mike Conley and Patrick Beverly. Does it make sense for Utah to make that trade? And this this is, you know, whether Donovan stays or not. The thing is, we're anticipating a Donovan-Mitchell Donovan trade. Let's say that happens because they've reengaged talks with the Knicks, right? So let's say you're the you're the Jazz, you're, you're Danny Ainge. Are you taking on Russell Westbrook? To basically do nothing for your team or potentially waive him, taking getting that first round pick just one. Remember, just one first round pick for a player like Mike Conley and Patrick Beverly to get sent out to the Lakers. Like, do you think those two guys would be a better fit for LeBron and the Lakers, or do are they like oh, for, for to sure get, to get more out of it? What do you think?
1: For sure, it's a fantastic trade for both sides because you know the, again the Lakers pick is very valuable. It's going to be very valuable. It's only one you only need one and if like you said the assumption is that donovan mitch is not going to be there, like yeah hoard assets getting more same thing with i'm always saying like the more assets the better depending on your situation yeah. the situation that they're going to be in no rudy gobert no donovan mitchell get as many assets as you can um going back to like that nets thing do you think joe harris should be included in that trade i think it's for money reasons but would you have as a nets fan would you keep joe harris
0: um honestly i I don't need, I don't know. I, I would much rather to keep Seth over Joe Harris. Um though yeah, for sure. I, w- I will say though, Joe Harris does play better defense than Seth Curry. And I know it seems off or it seems rare that like a white boy can play defense, but I'm 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 being so honest with you. Joe Harris is actually one of the most underrated defenders, at least for our team, he was. Because we didn't have any, and he was one of the best ones. And he he really like he moves his feet laterally. I mean, he isn't a strong guy, but he knows how he he's a smart defender that's what it, that's what i can say he's he's a smart to okay defender above average for a player like him right like like if jj Redick played defense it would be kind of like that except joe harris doesn't shoot like jj right you know what i mean like it's kind of like lose one thing over the other but um
1: also i mean technically he does just not in the playoffs
0: yeah right but if it would suck because you know joe harris is kind of like the only guy from that you know that 2016 team, right, or like 2018, whatever team it was. Um, and 2019, I think it was. Um, so Joe Harris is a part of it. Uh, but at the same time, it's a business. Like you know, he's made a lot of money. He hasn't really proved anything in the playoffs, and he's injury. You know, his injury might actually be a lingering effect. He might move, like lose a step defensively. Lose. A what step, was the injury? Right, it was a broken ankle. Broken ankle. So,
1: yeah. So it, it, Well, he's it, a spot up shooter, though.
0: No, but he runs around a lot. Like.
1: Oh yeah. And Clay and, conundrum,
0: yeah, it's really, it's really that Clay and Curry, like that. That's what I see every time. Every time I saw Joe Harris, just running around. Literally, it's the JJ Redick thing too. Like it's, it's crazy. So, would I include him? Yes. Um, if I'm getting those two first round picks, absolutely. Um, it would suck, but at the same time, the, the first round picks are way more important than whatever he brings to the table at this point because we don't know, we don't know what's up. But also, you got to think of it too. You're building around Ben Simmons. Joe Harris is important, right? But at the same time, if you're the Lakers. You'd want a player, either Joe Harris or Seth Curry, because you need a shooter. You need a spot-up shooter to play alongside these guys, and it would be super important. Imagine a lineup of Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Thomas Bryant. That's a solid five, man. That's that's a great starting five. That's a
1: contender. That's a contender. contender. I was just thinking, like, the only thing which is actually a big deal, if you go into it, the only thing stopping that team from a championship is injuries because he had AD, Thomas Bryant, Kyrie, and Joe Harris, and now we're seeing LeBron is kind of injury-prone. That's actually a legitimate concern with that lineup. But other than that, if they're healthy somehow, it's a chip.
0: It's, there's a lot. But I, if I'm the Lakers, though, I'm I'm calling Utah, because I think Mike Conley would be a really good addition. And I know he's aging, too. Spacing. You know,
1: but Patrick Beverly is good at spacing, good, too. Good
0: defender, solid three-point shooter. Mike Conley is, is a really, really good shooter. He's a really good really good playmaker. And he would he would really take the pl- the pressure off of LeBron, but also in the fourth quarter when it is it is LeBron's time to you know pass the ball out, having a trusted player like Mike Conley it, it's just it's so important. So i found the Lakers, I'm, I'm calling them. Um, but let's let's backtrack a little bit because we did mention it before the Darvin Ham hiring. How do you feel about it? Do you think that that was a good move, or was there another coach out there that might have been a better fit, or? did another coach even want this position or was, was this like the best hire that they can go after?
1: So I'm not the guy who knows about assistant coaches. That's kind of you. You're the guy. I mean, you predicted Emi Udoka. So mm-hmm. I kind of leave, I kind of to you when it comes to that. I really only know like Dan Tony, like, you know, his ceiling, that he would have been a good head coach, you know, because to be honest with LeBron, you don't really need somebody amazing at the helm. Yeah. Right. So that's the only other option I really could have thought of because I'm not too well-versed. What do you think? Since you know,
0: well, I think I think the Darvin Ham. Once I heard his name was being rumored out there, I thought it was a no brainer, honestly. Because um, he's for good one, for one thing. Yeah, like helping Giannis develop the way that he did. And I know a lot of the credit does go to J right? But once um, once Darwin Ham and, and Mike Budenholzer, you know, joined together with, with Milwaukee, because Darvin Ham, I believe, it was there before with Atlanta, but in in Milwaukee, helping Giannis develop his game as, as a big guy, right. Like getting, you know, low post area, he, he helped him out a lot. And if it wasn't for that, they wouldn't have won this past championship. So I give, I give a lot of credit to, to Darvin Ham. um, And then just his mentality, just listening to him on podcasts on interviews, he does have a really good mentality, like that dog mentality, that like no nonsense type, like, I don't care who you are as a player. You're going to respect me because I'm your head coach. Like, I, I feel like that's exactly what this team needed. And yeah, he's definitely going to, you know, him and LeBron are definitely going to you know talk it out. But, you got to remember too, Darvin Ham. You know he played with with some ballers out there in Detroit, right? Like he 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 knew what it was like, you know, doing doing all that stuff. And then also with Kobe, like he would help you he would work out with him and stuff. So being able to delegate, being not a player friendly coach, but also like respect me type coach, I think he is the perfect fit for that. Uh, no-nonsense type, and I really feel like uh, Russell Westbrook is going to benefit from it if he stays on this team. And Anthony Davis, too. I think Anthony Davis needs somebody to, like, really push him, because Anthony Davis can be so great. And I I, I hate that Rasheed Wallace didn't accept the job, because he had it, um, but he didn't accept the assistant coach. So I think he would have been great for Anthony Davis's development. Hopefully, some way, somehow, they hire somebody like a Kevin Garnett, because I feel like Kevin Garnett can help him so much. And maybe not his mentality, you know, like, crazy like wow. i'm gonna get everything you know but just to be a presence down low you know like just be somebody important i feel like darvin ham could, could do that so i give that hiring an a plus I, I think darvin ham it was a no-brainer like mark jackson wasn't going to be your guy he's more of a developmental guy Kenny atkinson obviously wasn't going to be even thought of right um and then the only coach i, I could have thought maybe was doc rivers but that wasn't going to happen because there are more he wasn't going to fire him right so I'm I'm happy with this, which surprised me. So, yeah, that was. We'll we'll get into Philly one of these days, but that's insane. That whatever we'll get into. That. Um, but now, with with all that being said, though, what do you think is more important, uh, Russ changing everything, like not everything, but like most of his his game, really, or AD's health? Like what like what's more important for this team? If Presently constructed, if Russell Westbrook is in, is in a Lakers uniform by the start of this season and by the middle of the season, what do you think is more important? Is it AD's health or is it Russ's game?
1: AD's health because Russ's game isn't going to change. Um, I don't know why they signed him thinking he was going to change his game. Russ is Russ, and you know what you're getting when you get him for better and for worse. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Like If you could take the best parts of Russ and cut out the bad, that's a championship contending team, but you can't have the good without the bad, unfortunately. '80s injuries, like, we've talked about how injury-prone he has always been. Yeah. But maybe, you know, after having most of the season off and having this offseason, you know, working on his shots, taking the time off to really, like, you know, compress and, you know, just rest a little bit, maybe this year, maybe – I know like, there's been a thing about load management with Kawhi or whatever, but there's people who actually need it, and for Kawhi it has worked. But for AD, they kind of have to, unfortunately, take the fines, whatever fines are going to come your way. Yeah. Because if AD is not healthy, this team isn't going anywhere. And even if he's healthy, we saw last year when he's healthy, it's like, well, there's no guarantee it's even a good team.
0: Yeah, so. because, because of that court spacing with Russ, right? It's, it's tough.
1: I don't know how, like, the, the, the league has evolved and changed to, to be a spacers league, you need shooters. And they went in the opposite direction. They're like, we're not, we're going to get rid of the shooters. We're going to get the, one of the worst shooters in NBA history. Yeah. And, you know, throwing a you know, mixing a couple turnovers in there, in there too. And, you know, maybe we'll sign just some, some free guy, you know, some cheap guys off, off the roster. Hey, Carmelo, you want to cook for us a couple games? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know, Melo wasn't terrible offensively. He had his games. Yeah. Defensively, that is another thing.
0: So. Yeah, but defensively, he was never a good defender, and he's old. Like, at this point, it's just – it's over with. He's, he's done. Like, I don't even think he's going to get another roster spot. Um, like, that's it. Like, those were his terms, I guess you can say. Um, my other question, and it's kind of, like, towards the end of the pod, because at this point, we already kind of know what's going on with the Lakers. But let's say you have a starting lineup. Let's say of, of Russell Westbrook, Lonnie Walker, LeBron – Anthony Davis, Thomas Bryant, and then off your bench you bring in a player like Kendrick Nunn, who will be finally back, available, healthy, to play this season. Uh, THT, Austin Reeves, Troy Brown Jr., and Damian Jones as your backup. What's their ceiling? Where where can they where can they go? Um, is it is with it- Russ? Nowhere. Nah. Playing nothing.
1: Not with Russ. I'm not a Russ hater, to be honest. So. I don't know why I keep saying this, but they're not really going anywhere without, with, with him. So, we'll see what happens with trades. We'll see if he gets off the roster. We'll see if they have to give up that second first rounder, what which essentially means Russ, their entire future.
0: Like, get, get into Russ's mind real quick. Like, hearing everything that, that's been happening, like, throughout the season, really, with the fans and everything, and then now hearing your name rumored even more than it ever has in your career, what would you do if you're Russ? it's it's tough at all like for the Lakers like what would
1: you do it's tough it's tough we kind of have to see things from his perspective because it's like two extremes on the one hand there's there's just there's people going too far saying he's you know he's this he's that and it's like Russ wasn't terrible like he was bad but he wasn't terrible and on the other hand like the the Lakers didn't use him in the in the the way he's best he should yeah. be most utilized right so it's a combination of those two things so when you take that into the into account in you're russ it's like yeah like i wasn't you know they, they didn't set me up to succeed but also you do you do have blame too so when you're rust, it's like which way do i lean towards do i kind of just and it seems like he's leaning towards like having this mentality it's like i'm not gonna listen to anything I'm going to, you know, go back to being what doing what I do, which is what he's he's said before. I'm just going to be me. And it's kind of like, no, like you should listen to a little bit of it, but don't listen to all of it. Kind of strike that, 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 you know, that balance, because, yeah, there's a lot of negativity and it's like it's too much. But at the same time, it's like you're not your hands are not clean, Russ. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does, because, yes, some changes need to happen. Like, we're, like, I don't think we should ask him to be a completely different person because the man is how old he is he? He's not going to change who he is completely. But I do think that there should there should be certain aspects of what he does and, you know, who he is on that court that can't that's not going to fly. You know, you can't really do everything. You can't be the the entire like rust that you were before. Be mostly Russ but we're gonna need something else from you in in certain aspects does Does that make sense
0: yeah definitely I I agree with you wholeheartedly I think that it's you can't expect much from Russ at this point he's 33 right like he's this is his game this is Russ um and it it, it really sucks because Russ Russell Westbrook is one of if not the best point guard of our generation, right? I mean, obviously, it's Curry. It's a lot of guys. But, like, he's mm-hmm.
1: definitely top five
0: of the la- of of our generation, right, since he got into this league.
1: What is our generation? Like, from what?
0: We go from, you know, Chris Paul and up, right? So, we got Chris Paul, right? We got Steph, Russ. Then who else is there, right? Like, I mean, an aging Jason Kidd.
1: Uh, you know like there's that yeah, that's a different tier that's what you're All dropping right. down a peg
0: these are these are three of the guys three of the main guys throughout the these last 15 years or so that have been so important in in the development and in the way that we view the nba as a whole right like russell westbrook is a former mvp russell westbrook deserves a lot of the respect and and you know at, at one point it was you know him versus d rose like who's going to take over the league and then obviously d rose got hurt but Russell Westbrook really took over that that you know best point guard for for a while there, and him and Chris Paul and and Steph Curry have had their battles, their fair shares. But at this point of his career, I don't think that if it doesn't work out with this team, I don't I don't see him going anywhere. What what team will sign him if he gets waived? There there is literally nothing else left for him to do. And at this point, if I'm Russ, I don't really care. I did what I had to do. Yeah, I didn't win a championship, and yeah, my career kind of ended in a, in a really weird in an unprecedented way. I mean you haven't really seen a player get like just thrown out like this besides Roy Hibbert, who was never at his never at Russell Westbrook's like peak. Um but at this point, Russ, you made all your money. You've done what you had to do. You're an MVP. You're one of the top 10 point guards probably of our gener- of our league, like of, of all time. Top You're-
1: 10 all time, yeah. You're
0: a top 75 NBA player, like at this point, it's over. Like like that's it. And if if I'm Braun, I'm understanding that. No one is me. No one is Braun. Like, Bron sp- has spent millions and millions of dollars on his body to make sure that he's been, you know, A-OK and able to age with the times. But that's why that's why LeBron is just a different level. Russell Westbrook, he hasn't really done that. And that's OK. But if, if he wanted to, he, he could have changed his game by now. But at this point, it, it, not that it, it's too late, because it's, it's probably never too late, but it's also looking like it's never too late. It's also looking like it is late. Um and I don't see them doing anything with this team. Could I potentially see them making the play in? Absolutely. Even with Russell Westbrook on this team, um, probably even the playoffs. I can see them as a the top six seed because of LeBron and Anthony Davis alone. But it again, it, it goes back to health. It goes back to how well Darvin Ham coaches this team, and it goes to how these new guys are gonna fit in and mesh with with this whole roster because this is a whole roster overhaul, um, coaching overhaul too. So I'm excited to see what LeBron is going to do because this season will obviously be the season that LeBron James um, passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in scoring. So that's going to be a great, great, you know, news story this year. But other than that, there's not really much to to discuss. Um, I will ask you this final question. At this point of LeBron's career, what, you know, he just signed an extension, by the way. I forgot to mention that before. He signed a brand new two-year $97 $97 million, potentially $111 million, depending on the cap space. Um, player option on the second year. But whatever. We don't have to get into that. He obviously deserves it. He's amazing. He's LeBron James. Um, but at this point of his career, does LeBron even have anything to complain about? He's won four championships. Yeah, it isn't six like Mike, and it isn't five like Kobe. But he's won a championship in all the three teams he's been on. That is Miami, Cleveland, and LA. He won one of, if not the best championship ever. Going down 3 1 to the Warriors to 73 and 9 Warriors, a, you mm-hmm. know, the team that shouldn't have lost.
1: There it is, all that. And they were counting them out.
0: Right. And the then way they won it in Miami. He probably only deserved, like, he only had one championship if Ray Allen didn't hit that big shot, right? But who brought that team back? It was LeBron. LeBron brought that team back and they were killing it, right? So he
1: scored like the last 17 points or something like that. And he hit the three before and then he came back and then right. he missed the three and then. So, so, you know, reallocated legacy. So we don't have to talk about
0: that. And then you go into into the bubble. He won probably one of the hardest championships. Right. Because, you know, I guess a lot of people could say it was probably one of the easier ones. But at the the same time, it probably wasn't because you had covid, which was brand new. No one knew what that was. You had living in a bubble without your family, without the people that you care about for months at a time. It, It was one of the weirdest situations in NBA history probably won't ever happen again might happen again who knows but as of right now lebron james is the only top player to ever do go through something like that and against all odds win it all so at this point of his career should lebron even worry about anything else or is that like is it still looming on him that he needs that extra championship or uh, extra two championships to reach there like what else does he have to prove like what can he complain about like is there anything that he needs to do or What do you think?
1: I think so long as he feels able-bodied enough, he's going to want to win another championship and he'll have that drive because as long as he's healthy and he's playing at this level, whatever level this is, you know, we saw 36 and 5, whatever he dropped last season, he's going to want to compete because it's just who he is. But I don't think there's that need, you know, like like, like Colby, he had three and people there was like people were trying to put an asterisk on those three so he just had that hunger and it's the yeah. same thing that LeBron had earlier on, you know, when it came to when he came back to Cleveland and also the second year in Miami, he had that hunger. So right. although he doesn't have that kind of hunger anymore, it's like I need to, to have this he's still gonna want to win a championship. Um and the reason why I say like he doesn't really have this hunger anymore is because like you said, one, he's already won it at all three franchises. And two, he could win 10 more – no, not 10 more. He can win three or four more. It's not going to matter. MJ fans are always going to say what they say. Yeah. Right. It's not going to matter because then they're always going to be like, oh, he won three more. But How many finals losses does he have? How many times has he been to the finals? What did the Lakers do this past season? Other narratives. It's always going to be that.
0: Other narratives that, you know, LeBron mm-hmm. hate, but MJ fans, Kobe fans, all these other fans love, right? Like, it's it's tough. But at the end of the day, I think you're right. I think he, he really has nothing else to prove. Um hmm can he complain? Absolutely. He can, he can complain as much as he wants when it comes to the roster, when it comes to the players, because at the end of the day, no player is going to be like him, but a lot of players can aspire to be a version of him. A lot of these players can, can really try and, and work on themselves to, to maybe not be LeBron, but be the player to help LeBron win another championship. Right, that, That's what these guys are, were signed there to be. So who knows? Who knows with this team? But with that being said, uh, I'm going to give them a grade. My grade this offseason is a C minus. I don't see unless they make a trade involving Russ and in those two first round picks for a Kyrie Irving. I don't see how this team is gonna really do much. Again, I can see them making it the playoffs, play-in because of LeBron and AD alone. But we said that last year, and obviously injuries affected it, and also just the play of these guys just wasn't it. So I give them a C minus. Isandro, what what grade do you give them?
1: C. I don't give them the minus because. I- I'm looking at it a little more glass half full where last season was really bad and it was completely their fault. Right. Um, Last offseason, I mean,
0: to go up, to go, but
1: they can't. And and, but also they they couldn't really do much like they dug themselves that hole and to really dig themselves out of it. They're going to need some help. They're going to need somebody to reach over and kind of pull them out. The question is, who's going to be who's going to do that? Is it going to be Utah? Is it going to be the Nets? Is it going to be some other team? I remember earlier on in the offseason, not even the offseason earlier on. A couple months ago, they were saying like the Hornets could take that contract and you could dump Russ on there. Then they wave him, whatever. Don't know what happened to that. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the Rust situation because at the end of the day, their off season, no, really their entire season kinda hangs on that on the Rust situation. Yeah. That's how serious it is. If yeah. if nothing happens there, then nothing's gonna happen with them in general.
0: Yeah, I agree. And on that note, there will definitely be more pods like this, as you all know. Um, the Lakers I give them a C minus, uh, Isandro there gives them a C that gives them an average of basically a C, C half minus, whatever that is. But with that being said, guys, <laughs> please like subscribe and hit the like button down below. If you are interested in listening to all our other podcasts, they're on all podcasting platforms. All our videos are out on YouTube as well. So please shout us out to all your families, friends, dogs, brothers, sisters, mothers, cats, dogs, whatever, all the same thing. Um, And with that being said, we are out. Peace.